Hello and welcome to Pain Speak, the podcast it doesn't hurt to listen to. Your host, Dr. Deepak Ravindram, has over 20 years of experience treating patients with acute and persistent pain and has been an NHS consultant for more than 10 years. He is a fellow of the Faculty of Pain Medicine at the Royal College of Anaesthetists and holds qualifications in both musculoskeletal and lifestyle medicine. Dr. Ravindran is currently the clinical lead for pain medicine at the Royal Berkshire Hospital. The doctor will see you now. So today I've got with me one of my colleagues who I work with in the Berkshire Long COVID service. Uh, Harriet, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for making time to talk to me today and to tell us about the Long COVID service and your role in it. Um, First of all, Tell us about yourself and uh, what do you do and how you be, How long have you been working with the pain department at the Royal Berkshire Hospital? Oh, hello. Thank you for having me. Um, so, yeah, my name's Harriet. I've been working as a specialist physio in the pain department for the past um, three and a half, four years um, and recently have taken up um, part of the role in the Bliss Long COVID service um, run by the Royal Berkshire Hospital. Um, I started off actually as a musculoskeletal physio and found my way into pain Um, and um, I've just recently started my master's in management of pain at UCL Um, so pain is is my job role at the minute. That's a great set of you know moving from musculoskeletal to pain what attracted you to pain management per se out of all the other roles in physiotherapy? Um, I think um, it was looking at the whole person as, as one being. I think that's what really drew me to the role. Um, so I'd spent a lot of time in orthopedic clinics and, and learned a lot about, about movement and how the body works. And I could never really settle on one joint. I could never really settle on um, one piece of practice that I really loved. And then I got to spend some time with um, one of the physios in the pain department and I really loved how it encompassed the whole being, so not just the the, the biology of someone, but um, how everything can have an impact on pain. Um, and I think that's probably what drew me to the role. Thank you. And I, th- I think you're right, because uh, long COVID is one of those conditions as well, which is quite encompassing in terms of the number of organ systems that get affected. How common is pain in long COVID, do you think? Mm. Um, so uh, one of um, a, few, a few of our colleagues have just done a retrospective study on um, the first hundred referrals we had in the Bliss Long COVID um, service, and pain was the third most common symptom out of those hundred patients. And sixty-four percent of them um, demonstrated pain in some capacity, whether that was um, joint pain or chest pain or headaches. Um, they had pain of some sort, and so that's quite a high number of patients. I think that are, are demonstrating that they've got pain within their body and alongside fatigue. So fatigue is highly common um, at 95% and concentration at 72%. And I think they, they all go hand in hand. Um, and it, I think it just demonstrates how many systems are involved in, in the symptoms of long COVID. That's true, Harriet. I think I, I agree with you. I think the data that's come out from our first cohort of patients bears the fact that uh, pain and fatigue are really 
one of the most common symptoms there and and this is borne out as well by data internationally where we suspected that a lot of patients would have this combination of post viral fatigue and pains as well what's been surprising actually is that uh, this is not the pain you know so as a pain consultant and and leading service i find that a lot of the pains that these patients have been having is not the kind of pain that they would want necessarily medications for and certainly medications don't seem to be helping them that often um what do you think your role would be in managing such patients with pain coming to our service mm yeah i think i think that's a really interesting point and i do wonder whether it is also because again it goes slightly hand in hand with the fatigue side of things so as we know medications have um many side effects and they and with, with fatigue they can have a huge a huge impact on fatigue and um so if you're um taking medications for pain but increasing the fatigue then actually that in itself can be quite detrimental um so I, I think that the management of the pain alongside the fatigue is is really important um and actually trying to manage the symptoms rather than treat the symptoms because i think the difficulty is there's no real treatment at the moment um and actually getting um a handle on how to best manage this huge variety of symptoms and um, through various strategies that are coming out is i think probably um the way forward with this um because i think they're hugely detrimental to people's lives and and have seen huge impact on work and, and and social beings and um family lives and um so i think trying to manage those difficulties as much as possible is is possibly the thing we're trying to do within the long covid service at the moment that's really useful to know harriet so if we were to take the um patient journey example of let's say linda linda is sort of early 40s and maybe late 30s and that is kind of the prototype of the patient that has been coming through our service and you know as as you know in the service there the gp does the referral to of linda to our patient to our service we send linda a self assessment questionnaire which she's able to fill out online or via her mobile device and then it comes back to us and then let's say we look at it and we see that a number of domains are affected she's having concentration problems she's having fatigue she's having aches and pains and headaches as you said and she's also having a little bit of shortness of breath but that isn't such a big problem there and she's you know 5 6 months down the line and all the blood tests and everything have come back normal so if i would say and we decide that they would linda is going to come to see you what would the consultation look like First of all, I think the biggest thing um, within my consultation is um, to find out how all of that is affecting Linda, um, and and what impact that is having on life for her, um, what she is capable of doing at the moment within those limitations, and what she's had to. stop doing as a result of them so how how life has changed since these symptoms came on um so that would probably be one of the first things that I'd want to find out and the second thing would be um finding out from her how she would most like help um 
I think people, um, and there's a lot of information out there about long COVID at the moment and, and a lot of patients that come into our services have done a lot of reading around it. Um, so I think finding out from that person what, what they want is most important to them and want the most help with is, is one of the biggest things. Um, but also finding out um, the, the balance of those symptoms. So is it pain stopping her and actually fatigue is um, is as a result of being off her feet for a while or has she got pain as a result of her body telling her to stop? So has she got signs and symptoms of that real post-exertional malaise? In which case, I think the strategies to manage that are slightly different because we don't want to be pushing her through exercise and activity for the pain and post-exertional malaise. And actually, we need to help recognise her own signs and symptoms of her pain and of her fatigue. Um, so it's finding out a really rounded picture of what's been going on, what her signs and symptoms are, how she feels she needs help and how life has changed and for her in the past few weeks and months um, and how we can best help her with the, it's difficult with all those difficult symptoms that have arisen. That's really lovely, Arit. I, I like the way that you talk about the pain, not just from the perspective of just the pain alone, but in the context of um, how traumatic it must have been for them. I often hear you offer, say about this concept of psychologically informed practice. Can you elaborate on that? Does that apply to long COVID patients? I, th- I think it does, and I think it, it applies to every patient that every physio is going to see in every walk of life. And I think it's really important to recognise that these symptoms are ex- an extremely real thing. And despite every test coming back normal, it doesn't take away the, the reality and the realness of the biology that's going on with these symptoms. But I think it's also important to recognise that the uh, the difficulties then that has on not just your physical health or, or our patients' physical health, but how that has an impact on every aspect of life. And um, that might be the way they feel about themselves or their outlook on life. And um, I know some of the data we've pulled so far, there's, there's been higher levels of worry and anxiety and depression as a result of long covid um, and I, I think it's important to not just recognise as a physio um, the, the physical aspects of things, but also the, the social environment they might be in or, or their, um, their mental well-being, because actually it's all going to have an impact on one another. And we know that these symptoms can have an impact on your mental well-being. Um, and if we can help that in any way because it is difficult um, and I think it's really important we support patients along this difficult journey. Um, I think that comes hand in hand with psychologically informed practice and I know it's coming in in a lot of areas of physio practice at the moment um, but I do think it's important to, I think it's really important to recognise that this isn't a psychological phenomenon, it, it's um, it's very real. It just has impact on all areas of life. And I think that needs to be recognised. True. I think uh, we always knew that pain is not a mind and a body dualistic thing. It's, it is mind and body is one. And I think within long COVID, we become very 
apparent that uh, the mind and body cannot really be separated, isn't it? It is very real and what they are going is also going through is also very real on that front. If if I have to take this kind of one step there, I, and I remember you making a note of this, you noticed a little bit of a difference in how patients talk about uh, their mood and depression and the overlap between the scores we have for uh, the depression as well as the fatigue, why that can be a bit of a complication on there. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, so um, I think one of the things that we've we've noticed, especially me and you within our, within our assessments within the clinic environment, is um, that on mood it's having a real impact because life has changed so much for a lot of these people. And actually that in itself can be extremely difficult, if you, especially as the cohort we're seeing tend to be very previously very young, active, um, fit young people um, to, to then be really limited in what you can do day to day because of fatigue or pain um, or concentration difficulties. That has a that I think has had a real impact on mood. Um, but I would say perhaps speaking to our patients, um, more to do with um, the, I, I guess, for example, if, if you had a common cold, if you were used to working your 40-hour working week, you'd just get yourself up and going and push through it. Um, and so for someone that's used to doing that, you're used to just getting up and getting going and pushing through it. And I think one of the difficulties of long COVID is you can't just push through it. You can't just get on and get going because it's very different. Um, and actually by just getting on and pushing through it, it can um, it can really impact on symptoms. And so I think we've noticed that that is what's having an effect on, on mood scoring to so the fatigue side of things, um, but also the difficulties um, recognising that actually you can't just get on and push through like you would a common cold um, and this is this is very different. So what would your top tips be to Linda if you've identified that she is like one of the patients you describe who's been very active but now has been uh, left with long COVID from who she was to who she is now what would your mm -hmm. advice be? Mm. Um, I think there's been lots of um, stuff thrown out there about um, possible management strategies and I think possibly one of the first things I would be doing is asking her to do some sort of activity diary so asking her to map out what she's been doing for example in a snapshot week um, So um, and then looking at her, her signs and her symptoms based on that so trying to have a look at that diary and get her to note down her signs and symptoms within that. So um, when was she really fatigued? When did she feel that she couldn't get on and do anything? When was her pain coming on? And just seeing if you could map out a little bit of a pattern based on that activity diary. Because then you can bring in some some pacing strategies, and I know there's a lot of um, information out there on various websites about it. But as I said, you can't with particularly the the pain and the fatigue side of things. You can't just push through a lot of these long COVID symptoms, um, and you can't just exercise your way through it. And I think as a physio, that is really difficult. You're used to getting people up and going and exercising. 
but actually you really need to be monitoring their post-exertion on the lane um, and not pushing through it. So a pacing diary, so mapping out what has to be done in the week and thinking about what energy Linda would have um, to do those activities. But also making sure that she's not just using her energy on the things that she has to get done, but seeing if she's got some energy and some um, um, time for things that are important to her, even if they're not how they used to be, um, things of value to her. Um, So I think we'd be looking at activity diaries, a bit of pacing, we'd be talking about her energy conservation and the energy envelope. Um, and there's a few really good websites out there that have resources on them and talk at them talk about them in much more depth. Um, and I'd probably be pointing her towards those to have a look at. That's very useful. And I probably will be asking you to suggest those there. But can you elaborate on pacing a little bit? You know, what is everybody talks about it and we we mention it very often. It's common use as well in the context of long covid what would an example of pacing for Linda be like? So I think um, that would depend on her. So the, the first thing to do would be to figure out Linda's signs and symptoms of when her her body's had a bit had enough, basically, whether that's pain, fatigue, increased heart rate, um, whether there is that post-exertional malaise. Um, so pacing looks at allowing yourself to... Um, go through day by day without pushing through the symptoms. Um, So it allows yourself to to, um, chop your day down into bite-sized chunks and figure out the things that you have to do and that you'd like to do and spreading them throughout the day um, so that you're doing bits of activity but stopping yourself and allowing yourself to rest before your body stops you. Um, so that's the idea around pacing. And I think it's important to remember that um, energy is used not just through physical activity, but also um, mental activity as well. So looking at, um, we're in the world of computer screens at the moment. So looking at a computer screen, being on meetings, reading books, can all use energy. Um, so um, everyone's different. And I think that, again, is why pacing is so difficult because there's no one simple formula so it's about recognizing your own body and its own signs and symptoms and allowing yourself that rest time before your body has to stop you and make you do it that's very useful harriet thank you for that there now what would then linda be signposted as a resource to what might be some of those examples of resources that you alluded to earlier so there's a couple of really good websites, I think, at the moment that I've certainly found and, and found useful. Um, so uh, there's three I would normally direct people to. Um, so one of them is the Pain Toolkit. Um, and Pete Moore and Katie Napton have developed a self-management for long COVID. So the Pain Toolkit has always oh, been used for a long time for self-management in pain. But they've now developed a specialised toolkit for the self-management of long COVID. Um, so Pete Moore is, um, has managed his, his 
persistent pain for a long time in Katie Napton's specialist physio. And they've got some really great tools on their website um, and it talks through pacing um, and recognising your own signs and symptoms and not pushing through and looking at activities. And and I think I really like it because it also highlights and recognising the recognises the difficulties um, that um, you face when you suffer with pain and fatigue um, but also uses them some really really good and helpful strategies to help with that um, the second one is a website called the Long COVID Physio right. um, and it's been developed by um, Allied Health Professionals um, and um, they've actually also started a podcast that look at healthcare professionals that are suffering with long COVID. Um, and again, lots of helpful resources and websites on there to help with that. Um, and I think the third one actually, and we're going to be starting to use it within the Bliss Service itself is your COVID recovery. So they have got a free website on the NHS website. Um, with again lots of the signs and symptoms, uh, the, the multiple things that long COVID covers, um, but again direct people to some useful resources if they feel they need them. Thank you so much for that. So finally, there, what would what else can probably Linda hope to get within our service from from you and from our colleagues in there? What are the other rehabilitation treatments that uh, we can provide from the physio perspective? So the Your COVID Recovery is going to be a self-management app that we're going to be using within the service. Um, and um, it'll, the app has been developed and um, we will we give login to our patients and um, they answer a series of questions and the resources are um uh, the highlighted towards the patients are the ones that best fit them. So if they're suffering with pain and fatigue, then more of the resources will be directed at that. If shortness of breath, for example, is a problem, then a lot more resources will be directed at that. So it kind of um, encompasses all the systems that are affected by long COVID. Um, and the, the patients using that can message the clinicians within the service um, any questions they might have or if they need any extra help, um, they can get in contact with the service through that. Um, and then the second thing that I think we're hoping to develop in the next few weeks is um, more of a hands-on on group touch, um, developing a management programme for, I think, particularly the pain and the fatigue side of things. Um, and within the service, seeing if we can set up um, a step-by-step plan of going through activity diaries and pacing and looking at recognising the difficulties surrounding all the symptoms um, and how the management strategies proposed will hopefully be able to help with some of the difficulties surrounding it. Okay, that's very good. That's really nice. Thank you so much for summarising and encapsulating all of what we are going to be providing from there. Uh, it's been really useful talking to you, Harriet, and thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, giving us your viewpoint and how you've been contributing to the Baksha Long COVID service. Uh, thank you once again and uh, have a good day. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's it from me for this episode of the Pain Speak podcast. I hope you found this episode useful and furthered your understanding 
This is your host, Dr. Deepak Ravindran, signing off now. All episodes of the Pain Speak podcast are available to download and listen to on major podcasting platforms. I look forward to seeing you again in the next episode. Till then, stay safe and good day and goodbye.